That's no moon. It's a space station. This week on Young Nostalgia, this is the only podcast you listen to. Let's take a look. Force persuasion, it works, right? I'm Nolan. As always, Ben is beside me on this wonderful social distancing early evening, late afternoon. Ben, how you doing today, big guy? Doing pretty good. I think I think another good one would have been like, uh, you know, this is the podcast you're looking for. Ooh, that's true. Okay, we'll hit the re-record button. <laughs> we'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my God. Uh, episode 94, right here for you, beginning your week. Thank you guys so much for joining us, as always. And, uh, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of what we said last week, we're starting off with the 40th celebration of Empire Strikes Back. I know that there's a few other podcasts out there doing it, but uh, we thought it would be kind of cool to just do um, an unhinged awesome peer-to-peer review of the first original trilogy as we celebrate um, this amazingness in pop culture history. And this episode's all going to be about our, uh, you know, raw look at A New Hope. (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to not say the same thing I said before. (laughs) That's what what this episode's about to uh, be about. So we watched it yesterday, and we I was actually going to say we timed it up pretty dang good. A little of like, so we watched on FaceTime with Disney Plus, both of us watching it on Disney Plus, and then we timed it up like almost on accident to be almost perfect well no i think you're being a little too modest about it um i don't we it seemed like we hit start at the same time but there might have been a little bit of lag in like the initial buffer and so mine was way behind yours but i wasn't even really paying attention i wasn't that worried about it but you were listening through the facetime and you paused yours and were listening and i don't know what i was doing i was not paying attention (laughs) saying something else i don't know um, and you like hit play right at the right time. It was like you, right when Star Wars came up, and it was like, ding, 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 right? Ding, yeah, ding, 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 like you yeah. were you you like timed it up perfectly through the delay in the FaceTime, through the delay in like any sort of <laughs> uh, pushing start or anything like that, and just nailed it. Like you were easily within one syllable of the entire dialogue. And honestly, I'm pretty sure World Hunger just ended at that moment. Everything was perfect in the world. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was a total, <laughs> as soon as you push that button, it was a total utopia. <laughs> just a, for, for two hours. <laughs> but see, now our next feat is that we have two more movies to do that with. Yeah, we set the bar really high. I know we did. <laughs> and the best thing is that we were getting a kick out of, like, I usually watch things with subtitles now just because I've gotten used to it. Um, and that's just how I've come to enjoy things. But they even subtitled R2-D2. It was like, bleep, bleep, boop. That's like, really? Real- I like to back up a little bit. I'm curious as to why you started watching with subtitles. I don't know. I think there was one time when we got our new TV. It was like a smart TV. And subtitles might have been either enabled on a certain app like Netflix or something. 
and we either just like for one didn't know how to turn them off or two were just too lazy to and then it just kind of stuck and now we listen to subtitles all the time but i think it originally really started before it stuck all the time is that if we were watching a show but had it like a little bit quieter in the background we'd rewind it add subtitles what did they actually say Oh. And at that point, we just didn't want to like mess with changing it. Interesting. So now we've been watching everything just with subtitles, and that's just what we do. Interesting. I I remember you saying something about that yesterday while we were watching the movie, and I didn't think too much of it because I just thought, oh, maybe he's got the volume turned down a little bit so it doesn't interfere with like the FaceTime call. Oh, okay. Um, I did not realize that you're a regular subtitle user yes and you know i was always opposed to him for the longest time for for 24 and a half years <laughs> never liked them but now it's it's just what we do it's interesting I, I i've never really given them a chance um anytime that they're ever on i find myself distracted by them yes. like i'll be more engrossed in reading the subtitles than <laughs> paying attention to what the movie's about but now that you now that you're like kind of into it, I can definitely see how it would be helpful because there's times where something's a little quieter or there might be background noise going on either locally or in the show or movie and it's hard to pick out exactly what they say and we I find myself like, wait, what? And I right. missed part of the conversation and now I'm thinking I might try it. You should. Um, it does there is an adjustment period, but if if you can get past that, I can almost like say that sometimes I even get more engrossed in what I'm watching because I'm actually able to focus on dialogue as well. Right. And no, then I, you, I, obviously you learn that perfect balance of like looking at what's going on, but then also like comprehending what's being said. No, no, I totally I totally understand. And I think I think one reason why I should get into this is I'm just re re realizing that it's an issue. Uh, we don't have air conditioning in our house. So we have a window unit in our room. Mm, okay. And when I'm trying to, well, it's every night before I go to sleep, I watch Star Trek. And so, <laughs> um, yes, I know it's a dorky. Get over it. Um, it's sometimes with the ACs running without absolutely cranking the volume. It's hard to tell what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and we have our AC set on eco, which not only shuts off the compressor of the AC, but when it reaches a certain temperature, it also shuts off the fan. So it goes from like full volume on the air conditioner to zero. And I can't <laughs> crank it because as soon as the AC shuts off, then the volume is just blaring. Right. Um, and so subtitles might be my solution to this. You should try it out, man. It's nice. It's cool. Mm. You start getting into it, into the minutia, then you're like, oh, the subtitles change from episode to episode like oh it looks different or oh it did different things or something oh really like yeah yeah it's kind of, it's interesting <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool oh all my right God. well that was kind of an unexpected conversation of this show and here i am nerding out about subtitles you know what you got to nerd about you got to nerd out about something right i really enjoy the roman size font 11 they usually do a pretty good <laughs> job <laughs> well you mean your subtitles as in comic sans yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's not comic sans i don't i don't want any part of it <laughs> i wonder if there's actually a setting to change the font of subtitles i'm sure on some app there probably is but 
haven't gotten that deep yet into the subtitles lore. You know, I, I don't really know because there definitely is a, a difference. What little I know of, because my the base the I can't believe we're still talking about this. <laughs> I can't because the the most of my knowledge of subtitles is like the subtitles on TVs in like a sports bar. Right, right. That's that's the extent of my subtitle usage for the most part. Um, and even then, channel to channel, you can see differences in it based on. I'm assuming it's going to be based on whatever streaming platform they're using. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's not cable, because cable just has the straight up black bars with white writing in them. Right. Um, right. And it looks like typewriter font pretty much. And they're always, yeah. And they're always like five, five seconds behind, give or take. Right. Yeah. It's really bad. It's like someone furiously flying over the keyboard (laughs) as the, the live stream is going past, which I'm assuming that's probably exactly how it's. Right. The best is when they mess up and then you see it like. Yeah. Well, well, that's another conversation I suppose is. (laughs) I mean, like Netflix and Hulu and stuff. That's auto-generated uh, subtitles for the most part. I think so. And a lot of newer Mainly stuff just based is based on like closed captioning dialogue from within the show. It is, and well, I mean, heck, you can even look at uh, like Facebook and YouTube and stuff with all the, the live streaming and stuff. They have subtitle options, so there is right. soft. A lot of the stuff, the newer stuff now, is auto-generated with uh, AI, mm-hmm. and. But way before that, before even computers were a thing, there were still there were still subtitles. And so there had to have been someone sitting there listening to whether it's live or any movie ever made, if they gotta do subtitles for it. There's someone sitting there click clacking away. Yep. At to at the subtitles, especially if it's live. That's gotta be tough. It was it's someone's job, man. That's crazy. That is a weird job to think of. Right? <laughs> got to get done you never think about it today is uh subtitle creator appreciation day (laughs) (laughs) tune in next week for the unveil of braille subtitles on netflix thank you so much all right we'll get talking about some star wars (laughs) episode 95 coming your way Yeah, I was just going to say, we're Let's 10 minutes into the show and we've been talking about <laughs> subtitles. I know. If you like subtitles, give us an email at <laughs> youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. All right, you know, I bet if we nine. start like a subtitle appreciation day hashtag on Twitter, I bet we can fool a lot of people into like thinking it's a real thing. Oh my God. What if it starts trending? I'd feel even more dumb if it actually is already a thing. <laughs> yeah people would reply back like hey you dopes that's in november yeah right <laughs> you missed it <laughs> oh that's great okay so we're gonna be talking about episode four a new hope of star wars and kind of give our honest opinions about um this 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 movie in itself uh, as we gear up for the 40th uh, celebration of the empire strikes back so both ben and i did watch it on disney plus so we wanted to give some overall impressions of just the streaming platform of disney plus since it is new since about november of last year um so ben what do you what are your thoughts just about disney plus you've had uh more experience it experience with it than i have because you gave me your account for some lewd activities on my part, but I did get the login <laughs> information and we were able to watch it. So what do you think about the platform? Um, I like it. Um, we didn't have it from 
the exact day one. Uh, so I don't know what sort of complications there were in the very, very early days, but we ended up getting Disney Plus. Well, actually, I broke down to the peer pressure <laughs> to get it. Um, probably a couple weeks in, so it was still really oh, okay. new. Um, okay. And I think, honestly, Sierra uses it more for, you know, watching Disney movies and stuff because she's a like a Disney movie fiend. Um, okay. I, my main interest is really just Star Wars. Um, Avengers specifically, is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, All I kind of, of forgot Marvel about series. the Marvel stuff. Um, definitely a good option there as far because we were just thinking about rewatching all the Marvel movies anyway. But I, my main interest was the Star Wars, um, specifically the Mandalorian because I do have copies of all the Star Wars. I don't need a streaming service for that, <laughs> um, but I really did want to see the Mandalorian, um, and so I broke down and and ended up getting it. Um, but I, I think. I guess we're kind of getting off track a little bit. Disney Plus, it's I like it. The app seems really, really smooth. Um, it seems like they did a lot, a lot, a lot of probably beta testing to get it a rollout <laughs> so smooth. Um, but it it basically has a, a Netflix or Hulu feel to it, but it's all Disney, and it's right. I I ten out of ten recommend. Awesome. The only thing is, is just like with the Star Wars license, you would think that they would give the people the option of the unremastered yes, yes, Star yes. Wars. I but wasn't necessarily there. I didn't know if we like wanted the, to get into this until later, mm, but yes, I right. could not agree more. We can touch on it right now, but it's like with such power like that, why don't you just at least appeal to the masses? I mean, come on. It can't be that hard. And it's like, granted, I can't say I have really ever necessarily watched the unremastered ones um, just because of like my my time period of just being alive the only readily readily available and even on tv star wars movies were the already anniversary remastered editions but obviously you can tell what changed from the original and it just you know stood out to me so i can't necessarily say that like i remember the originals but I'd prefer the originals, if that makes sense. Yes, I think I have the the copies that I have are the remastered. Well, okay, we should probably clarify. I think there's been several remastered mm-hmm. versions, um, some more frustrating than others. But I th- I want to say I have seen the originals in the original cut um, before. I don't know where I got a hold of them. I mean, heck, it was probably some sort of illegitimate form of copy. <laughs> um, let's be honest. Because that seems like the only way you can really get them. Right. But Unless you had like the VHS tapes that are like 40 bucks a pop. Right. Like if you ha- straight up have the original, like some original 1978 copy or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, for anyone out there listening, you haven't seen the originals, I I'm sure you've noticed how awkward the CGI is right. in those. Um, and one thing we were going to talk about as well is, you know, we're talking about how there's different, there's different levels of remastered out there. Cause I mean, even when they remastered it the first time with the CGI HD wasn't really a thing yet. I don't think 
um, yeah, or it was they, just they starting. Yeah, in like late 90s in preparation of like the prequels being a launch. Exactly. It was kind of all along the same, along the same time. Um, and so they were done again in HD. So we have remastered with crappy CGI and now we have them in HD. Movies that weren't ever originally supposed to be ever seen in that high of definition. Um, and it just kind of turned into just it's just not good. It's distracting, really. <laughs> right. At least the CGI part. But I will tell you, like, when you pan over, like, Tatooine and everything and A New Hope, like, the scenery and the way that the actors look and, you know, the environments, they look really good. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen dirt look that good. <laughs> and it looks really good in the way that they touch that up and really brought to life just the just the world. You know, it didn't look like that grainy film that they obviously originally were filmed on. But when you add in like CGI dinosaurs with stormtroopers on top, it distracts a little bit. Or the entirety Mm. scene of when they first walk into Mos Eisley and all of the buildings are are like this fake sand computer crap. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, no, I 100% agree. There are lots of aspects to the movie that especially um, redoing them in HD, it looks really, really good, specifically the scenery because there's all over the place there, uh, specifically on Tatooine, I guess. Um, there's some really, really good scenery and, uh, panoramic, uh, views that look really good in HD. One thing, even the people, unless they're really, really up close, then they kind of tend to not look as good. But, uh, one thing I really noticed was Vader, um, Mm -hmm. and how, (laughs) I guess the best word is kind of how shabby he looks. (laughs) <laughs> Shabby. Um, yeah. in hd you can really see a lot of imperfections in like his, the mask and the helmet um not and i could see if they were going along the lines of like if it was intentional if it was to be like kind of like a kind of battle worn a little bit right. but right. you could kind of tell that that's not really what it was it was imperfections in the creating of his costume that weren't originally meant to be seen but now that it's remastered in hd it's very obvious Mm -hmm. kind of like parts like maybe like his top helmet is more polished than the mask itself yeah so you're kind of like okay this kind of just doesn't blend well together i mean right especially with just the 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 chic of what the empire is supposed to be is like this high-end high money top technology kind of organization it's interesting just to kind of see that blemish. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's very very noticeable on uh like close-up shots. Right. Right. And then Mark Hamill just has this huge zit on his forehead and it just really comes out <laughs> in a new hope. <laughs> just kidding. Don't don't go looking for that. I don't think that's actually there. Um okay, so we kind of trailed off a little bit, but like let's get more overall as well before we dig into our actual notes. Uh favorite scene in the entirety of A New Hope. Ben, I know A New Hope is your favorite movie out of the Star Wars universe, so uh, I don't know if you've been able to rack your brain a little bit, but what was your favorite part? Um, I've been thinking about this ever since we started doing these show notes, and I couldn't really, I couldn't really come up with a favorite scene in regards to, like, plot line of the movie um, or anything of of uh relevance to the 
you know, Star Wars universe. But I will have to say that looking at it as a kind of like a a funny scene or like most enjoyable kind of scene, I mm-hmm. really like I I really like when they're Luke and Han are dressed as stormtroopers and they're it's not really one scene, it's kind of a whole section of the movie where they're on the Death Star trying to at this point in time we're trying to save Leia. Um, Obi-Wan had gone off by himself, um, and there's kind of a whole series of things where Luke and Han are not doing very well at keeping a low profile, (laughs) um, at all, even though, like, uh, Obi-Wan specifically said, like, be careful, don't be caught, like, no blasting, you know, all that (laughs) stuff. Um, and we even see Obi-Wan kind of sneaking around and, you know, not really anyone noticing. And and there's even points where, like, there'll be stormtroopers running past and, like, obviously something's going down. You can you see Obi-Wan and he's just kind of like, oh, oh, my goodness. Like, these guys are the worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, that and, and paired with when they t- they go to take Chewie for the the fake prisoner transfer and mm-hmm. uh you know there's kind of the the shootout in that the main holding area um and han solo gets on the intercom and he's talking to uh, who i would someone who i would assume is like a superior officer checking in on that area they're like what's going on down there and he's like we're fine everything's fine here we're fine no nobody's hurt everything's fine and there's yeah. kind of like an awkward pause like how are you <laughs> yeah 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 i know <laughs> That's just the best thing. And I always wonder if that whole thing was kind of like, quote unquote, off the cuff in terms of if he added anything in for the dialogue where yeah, it's there, hard might, there, s- might been a, there might have been a pause before he said, how are you? Just because like the other person didn't get their line or do anything just yet. You know, it very well could be because that's one of the few times in the movie. I mean, let's be honest. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, especially the originals. There was some horrendous acting mm-hmm. in those movies. But that that exact... <laughs> dialogue right there it seems so genuine and not like overacted that i right. i put some money down that it possibly was not scripted exactly like right. that right and, and like the best thing i love about that is like that is the picture perfect like humor that fits star wars yes is like that entire scene yes and i agree that, that's that's perfect for what star wars is i love it all right, so that was really long-winded. What do you got for a favorite scene? Uh, I don't want to be cliche, or if people <laughs> even think this is cliche at all, but um, my, my my favorite scene is when Han Solo was, is just introduced, that entire like bar scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it is, but I can't help but smile and get a little chuckle ever after all of a sudden Luke's just sitting at the bar and this guy's like, hey, I don't like you. <laughs> 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 you know, like he doesn't like you. I don't like you either. You'll be dead. And, and then all of a sudden, Obi Wan just like takes out a freaking lightsaber when Jedi's are hunted, and apparently it's just like it's okay just to do that. Well, yeah, he and, like it, cuts him like... down, and then there was like a five second pause of like silence in the bar, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then everyone just the band starts back up and everything goes back to normal, and this guy's body's right. just on the floor like it's a normal everyday. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. And then yeah. and I can't I can't even um I, I can't help but like let my mind uh wonder when uh, Obi Wan is talking to Han, trying to get him to like, you know, take him to Alderan and he's like, We'll pay you two thousand now 
and 15,000 later. And in the back of Obi-Wan's mind, he's like, this isn't my money. It's all the princesses anyway. So he's like, I don't care what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Han Solo was, he was asking for like 10,000. He was asking for credits, right? Right, yeah, credits. 10,000 10, credits. <clears throat> and then Obi-Wan's like, yeah, we'll give you 2,000 now. And then 15 later. Like, whoa. Yeah, I know. It's like... <laughs> That's a really bad bargaining practice, like just to inst- <laughs> like instantly up what you're willing to pay. Right, right. It's that's the beginning of JG Wentworth. If you need cash now, and then, exactly. There we go. But um, uh, yeah, and and like, and just to like even just that scene, I feel like just knowing as much as we know now and how fleshed out Star Wars has become over the years, this movie just shines so much more. Because you know more about the lore of what Star Wars is. It brings so much um, subtlety of what the movie had to so much more light. And then you kind of just like your mind thinks a lot more of how it all fit in to the grand scheme of things. It's kind of cool. And I feel like that whole bar scene really showed a lot. Yeah, no, it, it, it absolutely did. And, you know, not even looking past like the prequels, which have still been out for a really long time. But uh, look at how much. Rogue One uh, explained backstory of New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was a, a really, really, you know, they did a really good job with explaining a lot of things, but also tying up any loose ends, um, you know, as to why we don't see any of those characters in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you know, it just just watching it like that's the first Star Wars movie you've ever seen. It's still a good movie, but like you said, like it's like a if we knew then what we knew now kind of situation. Um, right. It makes it that much better because a lot of the stuff that would have someone's kind of scratching their head, like not really getting where that came from. Um, it all makes sense now. Right. And, you know, kind of jumping around a little bit in terms of notes, you know, we can kind of start talking about our nitty gritty new notes of the entire movie. Um I feel like just based on knowing what we know now of the Star Wars universe, if you watched A New Hope, you never really understand Vader as a character. Like, we know him as one of the most badass, like, evil people in the lore of Star Wars, you know, while he was obviously Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, just maybe based on the limitations of the time of filming and what was actually available in terms of funds and what you could do on screen back then, the whole, like, evilness and kind of hatred of Vader isn't very prominent. I mean, you know that he's a bad guy and obviously has power and is, you know, powerful with the Force. Nothing shows what he can actually do, like the ending of Rogue One, right? Where where it picks off, picks up where uh, Vader uh, hops into the Rebel ship before Leia escapes on, you know, mm-hmm. and then like he is just like taking these Rebel soldiers and pinning up against the wall and breaking people's neck, like that. You don't see that, but now that we know who Vader is, I feel like it really kind of puts a light on how he interacts with people in this movie, and yeah. I kind of like it. Exactly. And I think uh, Rogue One, I wasn't even thinking of Rogue One when you started talking about it. I was thinking more of uh, like the Anakin saga. Okay. Um, you know, even we, we we see more and more Vader throughout the original series. Uh, A New Hope, 
honestly, you don't really see, you see quite a bit of him, but you really just see him as a kind of a menacing figure and you don't really see him doing anything much. Um, you know, obviously he's powerful or else he wouldn't be able to command that sort of authority, Mm -hmm. but you don't really ever see him do anything. I think the most you see him use the forces when he's, uh, force choking that, uh, what is he? A council member, I think Mm -hmm. Imperial council. Um, but it's all kind of left to assumption as to how powerful he is. And we do see a little bit more of it in uh, Empire and then Return of the Jedi. But we, what really kind of brings it full circle is the buildup of Anakin in Episode 1, 2, and 3. Um, ultimately, obviously, in Episode 3 when he Anakin does make the full transition to Darth Vader and you know who he is now. We don't we see how even as a child, the Jedi Council was kind of always afraid of him because he was so powerful, Um, you know, and he was the chosen one and all of this stuff. Supposed he was supposed to destroy the uh, the Sith and um, he was, you know, one of the even though his he was still young and he was still un underdeveloped as far as a Jedi goes. He was definitely, he was one of the most powerful force users of that entire series. And, you know, that kind of gives a little bit more explanation into Vader, the Vader that we see in the original three. Mm -hmm. Right. And then um, it's kind of cool kind of tying that into just foreshadowing because a lot of Star Wars you know, even though lore was kind of fleshed out, but we didn't know it then. Like, if we're just looking at a new hope through fresh lenses, um, foreshadowing was a huge thing, especially in the way that Obi Wan to- talked to Luke. You know, Hello and there. then also like Luke's, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Darth Vader's like feelings, right? When Luke and um, Obi Wan were nearby, you knew that there was some sort of connection, but you just didn't know who he was connecting with. Right, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, they. They they were good at, and this can be said for all of the Star Wars. Um, it's been done differently, uh, so differently that sometimes it's hard to pick up on. But if you really, really know the background and have watched them and been able to pick up on these clues, you can you can see that there's a connection between people even when there's no discernible connection at all. Or if you right. have no idea how they're going to be connected... Um, you'll be able to see it. And we can see that in the prequels, we can see that in the originals, and we can see it in the later Star Wars saga as well. Um, mm-hmm. We always knew that, like, I guess, for example, we always knew that uh, Rey and Kylo were connected somehow. And then, you know, you know, even from the beginning, nothing was explicitly stated. And obviously, in the end of the movie, we find out that they were, uh, they were connected. Um, and the same way as, you know, if you're watching the prequels for the first time, I think you have to be living under a rock to know to not know that Luke and Leia are siblings nowadays, uh, if you've never seen the movies. <laughs> nowadays. But, uh, um, <laughs> you know, even if you're watching that movie for the first time, you definitely see that something is something is off about that whole relationship. Right, right. 
and and I don't know. There's some there's something that just doing this for the show and talking like the way we are it really just kind of brings another awesome light into these older movies, where it's almost really cool and fun to talk in a retrospective of what we know now and then watching these old movies. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even imagine just watching this movie for the first time back in 1977. I mean, I can see how it could absolutely blow me away, mm-hmm. but. Watching it now, I feel like I'm getting just another like amazing rush of adrenaline and awesomeness and in shock and awe watching it just because of how awesome it all fits together. It's yeah. just a great movie. It, yeah. Yeah. And and, and it, it's grown. I, I think it would be mistaken to say that a lot of the tying of things together was not necessarily planned on initially. Um, you know, not that there wasn't plans for, uh, certain aspects to be tied together, but, you know, for, for a series that's been running this long, I, there's definitely been some more input, um, and people going back and watching the originals and seeing, okay, well, this is how this went. And I could see how people would make this inference and then they would put it together in later movies. Um, so I don't think it was always 100% intentional from the very beginning but I think that goes I think that kind of gives a lot of credit to the 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 producers and the directors and the writers of the newer movies um, to be that educated in the originals to be able to put missing links together right absolutely and it's 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 absolutely perfect so we can kind of end the show a little bit I mean obviously we we love the movie so looking back at it, um, we'll end the show. Uh, we'll give each we'll give each of us will give a rating on the movie based on like our all of our knowledge, combined knowledge of what Star Wars is. How do we look at the A New Hope now? And then we'll also uh, just do a little bit quick jabs of just things that don't add up in terms of what the movie is. <laughs> we got quite a few uh, of those. Or what they said, yeah. So uh, Ben, what is your overall rating out of ten for the movie based on your entire, uh, you know, fanboy of Star Wars as well as just knowledge enjoyment? What do you got? Well, I, I, there's one of two ways I could go with this. Are we rating them like on a zero out of ten, just overall in movie? pleasure or are we talking in regards to star wars only uh i i would say i would say it would be kind of cool because i mean obviously you know it's been reviewed multiple times by actual just critics Mm -hmm. i think it would be fun like let's just take it in the mindset of what star wars means to us this as a as a as a movie entity in itself not surrounded by the other star wars movies how do we feel about it with taking the knowledge in of everything we know about Star Wars. Does that make sense? Where it's like, how much did we enjoy this movie as a Star Wars movie? Gotcha. I would, honestly, I would give it a 9 out of 10. Um, and that's kind of partially, I guess I'm kind of splitting the difference a little bit. Um, 9 out of 10, because it would have... As far as Star Wars go, for only looking at the scope of all Star Wars movie, it's my favorite Star Wars movie, so mm-hmm. it would be a 10 out of 10. Right. That being said, I got to knock it back a little bit because, like we'll talk about here in a few minutes, it's there are a few things in there that just kind of make you scratch your head a little bit. Like, why, right. <laughs> yeah. why, why, would, you, why would you do that? that why? 
Um, <laughs> so I do have to knock it back a little bit. And a little bit of that is technology of the time. And a little bit of that is is the kind of the cornball factor of it, it wasn't really intended as being like ha- having such like a cult following. It was just kind of a science fiction movie of the time. Um, right. So it kind of followed those same lines and it wasn't, you know, who knew Star Wars was going to turn into what it is today. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, you know, if obviously, obviously you can never know how it's going to turn out. But, you know, if you had a time machine to be able to see what the success of the movie would be, I, I would imagine that there would have been differences done in the movie um, to kind of make things fit together a little bit better or make more sense or be a little less hokey or or whatever. Right. But that that's what Star Wars is, you know, that's what Star Wars was, I guess. Right. No, I, I'm not saying I, I'm not necessarily saying it should be changed at all. I'm I, I I get what you're saying. I the 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 dialing back from being a ten out of ten is strictly based off of a a movie rating in general, as far as movies okay. go. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh for me, I think I'll also give it a nine out of ten. But my take on it is just like it's been a while since I've actually just sat down. I mean, obviously we were doing uh, the viewing of the movie to uh, you know fill this episode, but I also just sat down and I also enjoyed it. But I enjoyed it in a different way than I ever remember enjoying a Star Wars movie, and that's just based on like the Skywalker saga is done, like it's done now. But mm-hmm. like watching the entirety of the Star Wars movies throughout my twenty-five years of life, like. I feel like all it has done is helped me enjoy the original movies even more because I know more about what's going on. I know more about subtleties in the environments and the characters. Like it just makes it more fun to take it in as how original the movies were. So I loved it. It was great. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Nope. I, I um, 100% understand. That's awesome, man. Thank you. You get me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's do some. <laughs> you were like, "What do I say to that?" Um, <laughs> a couple, a couple one-two punches here to end out the episode. Um, so here in your notes, man, why don't you pick a few things about that? Just kind of either made you scratch your head, or you just don't, you just don't get why it's like that. Um, <laughs> I guess I mean we're coming up here on the end of the show, so I think I'll skip down a little bit. We've already talked about some of the stuff. Um, this is just. Yeah, one thing I want to. Oh, that okay, okay, okay. That's yeah, not exactly okay. where I was going to be going with this, but we already talked about. I'll that change already. it. I'll change it. Um, what is up with the ridiculous helmets people are wearing? Um, <laughs> and we see it on both sides. We see those goofy, like teardrop shaped white helmets with a like a folding visor on them that are worn by uh, the rebel like starship uh, crew I think members. Pilots, yeah, yeah. They're like pilots. Are they I'm pilot sure. helmets? Yeah, they are just unbelievably hokey, and they, it's not even like they do anything as helmets go. Like they're like <laughs> these hard plastic things with no padding on the inside, and they don't go down below their jaw. They're just like a big long chin strap <laughs> holding them on. Yeah, right. Um, right. And then pair those with uh, the Imperial troops. You know, pretty much any crew member that's non a non-command position or non-star trooper has these they're kind of similar these goofy looking helmets um except they're they're black um and even the 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 guys who are running like the uh 
uh what's the name of the weapon it's it's the the like the planet killer on weapon the death on star. The death star those guys have like the same shaped helmet but it's got this weird like underbite looking like chin <laughs> and section on it and, and out, out of anybody that doesn't need like a full head helmet they're the ones that have it yeah they those guys <laughs> literally sit at a like sit down at a desk their entire job. Yeah, right. And they they move the little lever and it goes <laughs> like and then the laser launches. Like that's that is the extent of your position. That cracks me up. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. Uh, all right, what you got on your list? Do you have any gripes? Uh, let's see here. Um man, mine was actually all about Look how awesome this movie is. Uh, yeah, okay. yours was very <laughs> yours was very like complimentary and just like overall uh how do I want to say it's like a kind of a review of the movie in general and mine were mine was very critical. Yes. I was kind of maybe it's cuz I've seen it so many times so I I'm not picking up storyline stuff as much as I am picking up weird nuances that right don't make sense. I mean, it's been a good like over a year since I've seen it, so maybe I was just kind of engrossed in my experience. Um, but but one thing I do I, I do think is kind of either maybe not necessarily a gripe, but a, like a funny thing is that extra dialogue in certain Vader scenes. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes the dialogue from James Earl Jones will stop, but the actor will like keep on making like motions with his arm. Or something. Like hand gestures another, like he's kind of speaking right. with his hands. Is that what you mean? Right. For another good like five seconds before the scene is over. And then obviously you can tell something occurred. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if I'm thinking of the scene that you're talking about, uh, they're in that like council chamber on the Death Star. Mm-hmm. I think e- even the the guy that he's talking to, the the, the commander of the Death Star or whoever it was. You can see him also like kind of conversing in the background too. It's like they're they're both talking, they're both using like hand gestures and everything, and then it just the dialogue just stops and it cuts away. Yeah, right. And like <laughs> something is obviously still carrying on. Right. Like that scene was not originally supposed to be that short. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of funny and kinda of, and kinda of campy, but yeah. I mean you can get that in any movie, obviously, with Oh, definitely. But definitely. It, it's 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 cool when you see it in a Star Wars movie, especially with like the interesting pr- like position they were put on with David Prose actually playing Darth Vader, but James Earl Jones just coming in for an hour and recording his entire dialogue for the whole movie. So, and then they they dub it over. So, right, yeah, it, that's that's kind of a a whole nother story, you know. It's right. like, it was like th- they were like three quarters of the way through recording before they decided that they were going to use a different voice for Vader and. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rip <laughs> um, David Bros. Uh okay. What's up on your book? So I guess I'll I'll kind of give a two for here. They're unrelated, but one's really quick. Um why are there no railings anywhere in the Death Star? <laughs> the guys out on the platform, like the laser is like six like the laser beam is like six feet away from these guys and they're on this tiny little platform with no railing. There's no there's catwalks everywhere with no railings. I, right. I just see that as pretty ridiculous. But what I really <laughs> wanted to talk about was how Alec Guinness, the actor who played uh, Obi-Wan, hated Star Wars, hated filming of Star Wars. He hated what Star Wars became. He hated that he was being recognized as 
Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars. Hated mm-hmm. all of it with like the burning passion of a thousand white hot suns. <laughs> um, and I, I don't really know. I'm going to be honest. I don't really know Alec Guinness outside of Star Wars. I know he was an accomplished actor in both movies and theater. Um, he was before this, he was generally known as kind of bouncing between dramatic roles and actually some comedy roles. Okay. Um, this is really the only place that I know him and he was really kind of a jerk about it too. Um, most of the knowledge that we have as far as his feelings on star Wars were published letters that he would be sending home during the filming process. And just was not was not uh, flattering at all to George uh, George Lucas. Um, he, I mean, okay, we've made fun of George Lucas our fair share as well. Um, but talking nonstop about how crappy his lines were at, at times, we right. had even noted how he's he begged Lucas to just kill off his character so he could stop filming. Just get it, get me out of here. Yes, and then it goes beyond that too. And even when the only reason he really took the roles because Lucas offered him so much money, kept up in the money, up in the money, up in the money before he finally took it. And he figured, okay, this is going to be a crappy sci-fi flick. Um, I'll get some quick money. It'll go. It'll kind of be swept under the rug in not too long, and and you know go away. How wrong could he have been? Um, <laughs> And there's actually some stories, too, about, you know, he was grumpy about it turning into a big series, uh, a big international series, um, and even making uh, some kids cry uh, when they were asking for his autograph. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, so just kind of, like I said, I don't really know Alec Guinness outside of these interactions. He could have been a super nice guy leading up to this earlier in life. I don't know. But he really was a, a pretty big jerk when it came to being, you know, in Star Wars. And, you know, he's one of the most memorable characters. Um, I understand right. that that's not what he wants to be remembered as. But I don't know. I feel like being remembered as Obi-Wan Kenobi rather than not being remembered at all is doing pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> like, like, I mean, hey, man, it's it's crazy. But. Yeah, I'm right there with you in terms of I don't know much about like Alec Guinness, but it's it's it, I always enjoy the stories that that you have read and and, and portray. Um, but we have <laughs> put a link down in the show notes for an article talking about how Sir Alec Guinness was not a fan of the Star Wars universe or his character in general and being a part of it. So please peruse at your liking, um, and then let us know what you think at Young Nostalgia Pod at Gmail. Dot com. I don't know if you wanted to hit on anything uh, real quick before we end the show, but I did find it extremely funny where you put in the stormtroopers renowned for accuracy in that one scene <laughs> where uh, Ben Kenobi and Luke went back to uh, the farm and found his aunt and uncle uh, dead. Yeah. But, uh, and then Ben Kenobi was like, only stormtroopers are this accurate with like the big truck that the Jawas. Yeah, know, it was like the the drive. Jawa uh like the land rover or whatever it was. Um right. all blown apart and Luke said something about like, oh it looks like a, a sand people attack. These are the these are the Jawas we bought the droids from the other day. And he's like, these were no sand people. These blasts are far too accurate. Uh, these <laughs> yeah. these these had to be the work of Imperial stormtroopers. I'm like, okay. 
So the same guys who couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in literally every <laughs> other movie. There there right. were other mentions to there were other mentions to Stormtrooper's accuracy at other times in the movie too, but that was kind of the most memorable one. Like, come on. I love it. <laughs> it cracks me up and you know, it's just been the butt end of a joke throughout the entirety entire history of Star Wars is that how terrible stormtroopers are. So, yeah, it cracked me up. Yeah, yeah, it's the stormtroopers and, and as far as like like sci-fi plot issues go, it's right up there with the, the I mean the top 2 are stormtroopers accuracy mm-hmm. and in Star Trek red shirts always dying first. Right. Like that's <laughs> those two things are always accurate in the universe. <laughs> Nothing will ever change. No. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thank you guys so much for carrying along with us as we continue our journey of uh, doing our own, uh, you know, present review after everything we know about Star Wars and what we love about Star Wars of the original trilogy, episode four, five, and six. Next week, we're going to be talking about The Empire Strikes Back, episode five, as we celebrate its 40th anniversary release this month thank you guys so much for joining us this was episode 95 if you like what you hear you can follow young nostalgia on all your favorite podcast apps google play stitcher spotify apple podcasts we're out there also give us a five star review if you take a chance take about 20 seconds write down there in the comments what you enjoy it really helps us grow Um, and obviously we just love doing this for you but we also want to hear from you in terms of what you like. Feel free to give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite moment of Star Wars, A New Hope, as well as just <clears throat> your favorite Star Wars memory in general. Anything else, big guy? Uh, you know, I was just thinking as you were, you were going through that, how fun it would have been to go to be reviewing these movies out of order just to really aggravate the OCD listeners out there start with like episode two then go to episode six and all of a sudden we're right. back to episode yeah. one that would have been super funny we should have done that <laughs> nothing like alienating okay. the audience hey nothing says that we don't have to put this out tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> that's fair we can just it. do episode uh episode five we can just do yeah. return of the jedi next all right that's what we're doing after recording <laughs> even though you have to make dinner <laughs> that's true just tell Sierra that something really important came across. <laughs> it's Star Wars. It can't not be important. I know, right. I mean, I'd rather not eat, so. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. Ten, a 9 out of 10 for me and a 9 out of 10 for Mr. Ben Somsack for our present day review and our love of Star Wars for episode 4 A New Hope. As we always say here on Young Nostalgia, keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. I almost forgot what to do. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>